With more than 4 million sellers on Etsy, how can creative entrepreneurs like yourself stand out from the masses and sell more of your handmade goods without wasting hours on social media? That is the big question, and this podcast is the answer, where you will learn insider tips and proven strategies on how to turn your Etsy side hustle into a full-time business, giving you the freedom to be your own boss, have time with family, and more time to create. Hi, my name is Jenny Hall, and you're listening to the Handmade Sellers Podcast. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Handmade Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Hall, and today I have a very special guest, Lauren. Lauren, go ahead and tell everyone who you are and what you sell. Hi, um, so I'm Lauren, and I own Barley and Oak. I primarily sell custom kids' piggy banks. Um, I also do sell a lot of, like, nursery signs and just other items that are geared towards children. Um, I've been doing this probably for about five years now. Wow, five years. Okay, so how did you get started? Like, I know right now you have this amazingly big laser, but, like, when you started out, Lauren, how did your business really get started? How did you get into the field of doing laser cut wood? So I actually started by doing, like, plant stands, the one that say welcome on the front of them, and then we ended up transitioning to doing, like, a bunch of stove covers. So I did that primarily for probably the first two or three years of my business, And then when COVID happened, I was working at a dealership and I was one of the ones that got laid off when the shutdown happened. And I came home and I told Brad, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do for, you know, six weeks that they told us that we were going to be off. And I said, so I'm going to buy a Glowforge. And he looked at me like I was crazy (laughs) because he was like, how are we going to afford this? You're not working. And I said, well, thankfully stove covers have like helped. That's kind of got us to the point where we can do it. So I literally got online that same day and ordered a Glowforge and had it within like a week or two. And I started off with that and I quickly realized that that was not the tool that I really needed. It was definitely more of like a hobbyist machine. I really wanted to get into the 3D nursery signs. Yes. So, and with the Glowforge, you just really can't, it's slow. It, you know, it's just not meant for that. So then I eventually ended up ordering a Mira and I got my first big laser, and that was a year later. And then since then, I've just primarily done the laser products. We did stove covers with engravings on them instead of just doing vinyl and have kind of transitioned into more laser items. That's crazy. So when you started out, you were just cutting vinyl. Did you have a cricketer silhouette and you're applying that to the stove cover? Tell me more. Yep, I had a silhouette. I had bought one of those before I even met my husband, and I could not figure it out worth a life to save my life. I ended up selling it because I was so frustrated with it. And then when I met him, he has a background in wood engineering. He made cabinets for a cabinet company. Oh, and wow. so I that's when like farmhouse style signs were trending really big. And so I was like, I'm gonna buy another silhouette, I'm gonna try it again. And I'm gonna make these signs. And so we started doing that too. But I still have my silhouette. I never use it, but we would use that. I would actually, I wouldn't even, I would stencil them. So I would cut out the vinyl, weed the interior stuff, and then paint those, which took forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's crazy. We were selling so many stove covers at the time that like painting was a process. I mean, we would have an assembly line of like three people and I would apply it. We would put like the first coat of poly, take a heat gun, dry it real quick, paint over that, let that set it aside, let that dry. We'd go down the line 
just trying to get them done. <laughs> did your husband work with you? Does your husband he, work with you? He he did for a little bit, but he ended up getting a different job. Yeah. So that kind of wow. saved us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so stove covers were huge when the farmhouse trend was going on, right? Do you yep. still sell as many stove covers as you used to? Not at all. No, the trends change, no. right? The, the trends trend, change. The trend has definitely died. I can say that I think I started seeing a downtrend last year mm-hmm. in how much they were being purchased. But the year prior was like the best year. That's pretty much all I sold. I came across a like Instagram memory and there's literally like 20 stove covers sitting there that we had built in, in on a Sunday to get ready for that next week's production. And it was a lot, wow. but they definitely served their purpose. <laughs> Now, do you also do markets? Like, did you start out doing craft fairs or no, because it's all personalized? I did a couple when I first, like, when I found, when I decided that I was going to quit my job and do this full time, I signed up for a couple and I quickly realized that I did not like them. I am not a in-person type of person. I find small talk very awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> Plus, like, I was in a peak of such a big busy season because that was in October. So I was heading into holidays and trying to make inventory and take my and do my orders. And do, like we were working until 10 o'clock every night and it just wasn't worth the stress. I get people all the time that will ask me to do markets and I just can't bring myself to do them. Yeah. If I well, could pay someone to go do them for me, then that would be one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be there. No, thank you. <laughs> well, when you were there. Was it profitable? Would you sell a lot or was it just good exposure or no? It's really just not worth it. It just wasn't worth it for me because most of my stuff is so personalized. And I felt like I was just making things that were just make and take items. And I wasn't really showing my brand when I was doing that. And so that also was kind of a mood killer for me because it's like, I don't even enjoy making these kinds of things. So it's hard for me to commit to that. Yes. No, you have to have joy in it. I mean, yes, it's a business, but you have to have joy in it or it's just not going to be fun. You're not going to want to keep showing up. Right. You're going to burn out. will happen so fast. Yes. Yes. And I found that even with my own business, like when I would hit a lull and I didn't feel like designing anything, I literally just had to take a break. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, so back when you first contacted me and you wanted to join Etsy Accelerator, how much do you think you were making at the time? Monthly? I was yeah. probably bringing in about 10 or 12 a month. Which is, that's great. Which was great. But that's also when I started real seeing the downtrend. Because stove covers were really my bread and butter. Like, that's all I ever made. It was nonstop. It was a lot of stress. And I realized that that was trending down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anything to replace that income. Mm-hmm. And so I was so scared that I was going to get lost in the algorithm because of that. Yeah. And it's so true because... As we talk about, it's like Etsy loves momentum. And as you're getting sales, they're going to boost your visibility. They're bringing you more traffic. They know you're a kick-ass shop, right? So they're going to keep sending traffic. And so as you see the sales start going down and losing that trend, well, what are they going to send that traffic to? So, okay, so how'd you finally decide to join Etsy Accelerator? What was like the final moment, Lauren? I think it was seeing the downtrend and the stress knowing that like I had quit, you know, my corporate job to do this full time. And I was at the peak of my business. And then you quit and you start seeing a downtrend and it's it's terrifying. And so I wanted extra eyes to see like what I could improve, things that I could do better. 
And, you know, you can ask friends and family that all day long, but at least you're looking, having other people look at it that are unbiased and are really just looking not to, like, fluff your ego. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's all beautiful. Everything looks great. Like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Something's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's, like, myself and my team, we love it. It's It's a bird's eye view. Like, we are unbiased. It's a bird's eye view. We can look at your shop and look at your data and look at your pictures and your SEO and that is the most fun part and then to find out like what to change and hey let's change this so okay what was the first thing that you remember changing in your shop once you joined was it seo was it pictures like what did you first do i think we first started with etsy or i think we actually worked on the stove covers stove covers. i think we changed we made a couple different listings changed them up a little bit and then I think from there we start, I, that's when I started making more piggy banks and pushing my piggy banks and my nursery signs more. And so I remember we started focusing on those mm-hmm. and changing those things. Yeah. Also then, like adding in a banner, adding in the backlinks, things like that to descriptions, yes. all of that. That's huge. I mean, when you start looking at your listing description as a feeder to your other listings and a way to get more traffic, it's it is key. And when I look at people's listings, and they don't have backlinks. It's like, oh my God, they're going to walk away. They're going to scroll down. They're going to click on someone else's listing. So backlinks are huge. So when you tweaked the stove covers, did they ever get a little boost again or no, the trend was just done? I think they boosted for a little bit, but then they just, they pretty yeah. much died. Yeah. And since Christmas, I've maybe had four. Yeah. If that, and that's, I stopped taking Christmas orders in November. So yeah. It's definitely down. (laughs) Yeah. And so the amazing thing is your piggy banks. Y'all, Lauren makes these piggy banks, and they're the child's first initial of the letter. And they're wood, and they're acrylic on the front, so they can see their money grow. And then the name is, like, in cursive on the front. It is beautiful. It is personalized, and it truly is a keepsake. So did you see that somewhere? Or did you come up with that? Like, come on, Lauren, give us the details. Oh, gosh. So this girl messaged me on my Facebook. And she immediately asked, can you make this? And she sent me a picture of a bank. And I was like, I remember seeing these because they were very big in the laser community. Lots of people were making them. And I had never wanted to just because it seemed like a lot of steps that I wasn't necessarily into. I also didn't like how most people were making them at the time. And but then she was... I said, yeah, you know, I, I possibly could. It might be worth it. But I got really nervous with her because she had someone else make her one. And she was very upset with how it turned out. She was not happy at all. And so at first it was kind of like, is this a customer I really want to take on? Is this a project I really want to take on? Am I going to find joy in it? Mm-hmm. Well, I ended up doing it because I figured, why not? We'll try it once. If I don't like it, I'll never make another one. Call today. <laughs> And I made it. She loved it. And I ended up deciding that I wanted to try and expand on that. So I started posting them more and I got a few local sales, mm-hmm. finally added them to Etsy. And then that's just kind of when they took off probably last March, I had made a TikTok and it went viral. And so mm-hmm. I got slammed with these orders right before Easter. And I remember being so stressed because I was still trying to figure out my laser and it wasn't cutting my material. I literally pieced out for a week and went to Alabama because I had to walk away from it. Otherwise, I was going to like stress myself to the max. Wow. 
And just ever since then, they've just done really well. It's definitely been like a trial and error. I've learned a lot of things of like what kind of glue you should be using, dry time, you know, things like that, just because I spray paint them so the paint takes longer to cure. Mm -hmm. And they've done really well for me. They popped off again right before Christmas on TikTok and I went viral again. So y'all, she almost had 1 million views on that TikTok and I watched it. It was awesome. It's her laser and she puts the wood and then she lifts it up and they're all done and painted and beautiful. And the comments were hysterical. They're like, really? It paints it for you? <laughs> the amount of people that I was like, I, wow, I just didn't know what to say. And I, I, I tried to play like humor on some of them because I was, she was like, that really doesn't do that. And I'm like, oh, well, then you haven't seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like... <laughs> Of course it doesn't do that but oh it's a tiktok video it's for entertainment it's for entertainment it's not meant to be real right. oh my god so back in when you did your first one do you remember what your tiktok video was was it you was it how quickly it came together like what was the video i had started getting a bunch of orders on etsy from them and so what I did is I, it was like my first batch that I made and I took them and I basically just held them in front of the camera and like showed them to the camera. It was the simplest thing ever. And I don't even remember what sound I used and they just like popped off. It wow. was wild. Wild. What hashtags do you remember using? I want to say it was like, I mean, it was probably like piggy banks, kids decor. I, I also, on TikTok, I use a lot of the kids' room decor or kids' decor, mm -hmm. since now when you, like, once it starts getting a little bit more traction in the search bar, it'll tell you where it's being seen at. So that's kind of been, like, a keyword for me now. Wait, what do you mean? In the, so, so uh, tell me. So when you're on TikTok, and let's say you make a TikTok, after a while, once it's gotten, like, some views... The search bar is at the top of your TikTok, and usually it'll say find related content. But yes. once your video starts pulling under a certain hashtag, that's gonna show up there in that search bar. So I make sure I try to use that all the time mm. to make sure that it's still showing up to the same people and yes. giving me the exposure. Okay, here's a question. Do you add text on top of your video with the words like kids decor, piggy bank? Do you add text or are you all video? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. A lot of times, I'm the worst TikToker. I do not plan these out. These are not well thought out, well prepared. I am just like trying to put content out there because I just try not to put too much time into it because mm -hmm. I feel like that's when I get obsessive about it. Yes. And it becomes a more of a stressor than anything. So it's like, I will record myself doing it. I'll make it quick, easy. If it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yes. Oh my God, you've had a lot of viral ones. Okay, tell them about the bookmarks. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bookmark that I made. I don't even remember why I made it. I just decided <laughs> to. And it's, it says, <laughs> I don't watch porn. I read it like a fucking lady. <laughs> and I think I made it as a joke. I don't even remember. <laughs> and I made a TikTok of it. And within, within a day... It also went viral. It had over a hundred, over a hundred thousand views. Dang. I probably brought in revenue off of that. It was probably about five grand within a week. Amazing. It was bookmarks that I literally was able to just stick in my laser. They were all out of scrap acrylic from the piggy banks. Wow. So I didn't have like any more investment other than the tassels and packaging. Mm -hmm. And they just popped off. And it was weird because like you would, you would tell it would start to slow down. And then 
it would pick right back up and it would like there was just so many bumps and dips in the algorithm of views mm. and they still they still sell they don't sell they don't sell as much but yeah. they but do they do okay yeah. <laughs> the smut niche is really popular right now <laughs> that's on book talk okay like that. use the book talk hashtag you're gonna get seen <laughs> i love it um <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Okay. Let's see. How much are you making once you joined? Okay. And you started, did you ever hit more than 10 to 12 K? What kind of months did you have? So I was looking at my numbers this week, actually just trying to compare year over year to see the trend difference. I want to say it was in December of 21. Mm -hmm. I did $26,000 that month on Etsy. And it was mostly stove covers because I hadn't made piggy banks yet. Yeah. And that is just what was, I mean, I remember I had a cutoff date and those orders still continue to come in. I was shipping Christmas orders essentially into February Wow. to get past it. Yeah. It was a lot. That was a lot. And that was, okay. What about your piggy banks? Your biggest month with your piggy banks. Do you know? I want to say probably my biggest month. I probably have done about 10 or 12. That's awesome with piggy. I mean, yeah. basically, right now, that's your that's your niche. It's that's literally niche. The, the piggy banks, and you have how many items do you have in your shop? You uh, I think a hundred and thirty six. Hundred thirty six, and and the ones that sell the most literally are the piggy banks, right? Like you are the nursery decor. You are the personalized keepsake nursery decor piggy banks. That's yes. your top selling items. I love it, and people always say, oh. I want to get them all seen. I want to get sell every single item. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that, right? Mm-mm. And no. they always, yeah, they always say twenty percent of your items make up eighty percent of your revenue. But for years, it's like twenty it's items those, are the piggy banks, but it's the piggy banks. It's the piggy banks, and even yes. like because I have a website, mm-hmm. you know, outside of my Etsy, and even those are always my biggest seller. Doesn't matter that my nursery signs, but. It's just wild. Like, I never thought I'd want to make piggy banks at yes. all. And there are times that I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired yeah. of the process. But they're cute. People love them. My son has one. I have one. Oh. <laughs> I've made my own, like, piggy bank for, you know, for our bedroom. Yeah. Because I've, you know, expanded past just the initial ones. Because mm-hmm. I love the – I like aesthetic things. And so for me, I was like, I know that people love being able to see the money in there, but like, I like my money hidden. I don't want to know what's yeah. in there. That's the savings, that purpose. Yeah. So I started creating ones that didn't have acrylic fronts, but were still cute and not, you know, a tacky piggy bank. Yeah. Which one's in your room? Which design um, did you choose? <laughs> I have a stitch one. I had made oh. a like <laughs> stitch from Lilo yeah. and Stitch, and that oh. one's in my bedroom. <laughs> That's cute. That's fun, right? Like, fun, yes, right. pop it into the vacation fund or whatever. Yep. That's just oh. where it all goes. Brad has an extra change. That's where it goes. Yeah. Okay, so how many people? Do you have a team? I don't. It's just you? It's just me. Wait, you cut, paint, assemble everything yourself? Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. The- what is preventing you from hiring other people to help you with the assembly line and everything? Uh, being a control freak. <laughs> all the time, Lauren. I hear that all the time. It's, it's so bad. Like, Because even Brad will be like, I can paint that for you. I'm like, no, I don't trust you. <laughs> and before I was using the spray paint, that was a little bit more like your recoat window was a lot narrower. And if you just didn't do it just right, you would ruin the whole thing and you couldn't save it. So it... Uh. 
that was when it was like, I can't have you do anything. But now I've switched to a different spray paint that the recoat window is pretty much anytime you want. Okay. So I can spray it, walk away and come back to it in two days and re-spray the second coat if I want to. But I would eventually like to be able to, you know, have some help. I do have my parents help with shipping sometimes Yeah. when I need that. But other than that, it's just me. Wow. Okay, so if you did, because it's all about deleting or delegating. So you can't delete these activities because this is your moneymaker, but delegating. So what's your favorite part of running your business? I think I really enjoy, like, hearing back from people. Mm. I think that that's something that we all do not get enough of because, I mean, it's just the way human nature is. You complain, you, you're going to tell someone about your bad experience more than you are about your good experience. So when someone does actually reach out and like, oh my God, I love this. This is great. Or they leave like a really good review. That means so much to me. And it makes all of the other stress that comes with having a business totally worth it. Yes. Yes. That feedback. Sometimes when uh, people are having just like a sales slump, I always say, go read your reviews. Mm-hmm. People love what you do. You know, yes. they love what you do. And, and look at the pictures. Like your items are in people's homes around the world. Right. I have, people that have piggy banks. I have one in Spain. I have some in Australia, Switzerland. Like, that's Ah, so cool to me. So so when I do get, like, a new international sale, like, that just makes – it's like, holy – like, holy crap. Someone trusts me Yes. in a whole other country who has no idea who I am, like, (laughs) to make this for them. And they're willing to spend the money because it's, you know – Shipping. It's an international shipping. It's ridiculous. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. If you're in a sales slump, what do you do? What do you do with your shop? What do you do with your time? (sighs) So I'm currently dealing with this because it's just a really slow time of year. I've been working on making new things that I've wanted to try and also that are like a little bit different to maybe have some variety in my shop. I've been editing my listings. Right now I'm actually working on like my product photography because I would like to see a, you know, uh, what's the word? Improvement. I want to see improvement in that. Because sometimes I do feel like I'm very rushed and I don't take the time to really take good photos and I'm just like snapping a quick one. Yeah. Renewing listings, I've been doing that just to try and keep it, you know, relevant in, in the algorithm. Yes. But that's yeah. pretty much what I've been doing. Yeah. I love that you're using it to be creative. Because yes. a lot of times we're just stuck in our business and you're doing the creative aspect, but it's your job. And so to turn it around, take that time to actually like, you know, ignite your soul again and just have fun. It feels so good. I actually made this a habit last year Mm -hmm. that at least I, once a week, I would do one project that was, I would consider a me project. Yes. So when I was starting to expand on my piggy banks, I would start making new ones, knowing that they were not for an order, they weren't a sale. And to allow me to add more stuff to my shop, but also like to take a break from the mundane stuff because painting letter piggy banks every single day is so boring. You know, at some point you run out of color combinations. Nothing is new (laughs) at that point. Like I just, I need something to refresh my brain. And so I think that that was a really big thing for me that helped kind of keep my mind positive and not just feel so annoyed. Like, we all love sales, but we all know that when you make the same thing over and over again, yeah. it just, it's not enjoyable anymore. No, it's just mundane. And that kind of helped break that up. Yeah, I love it. And there's always 
like you said, researching the trends, trying something new, trying different sizes. Like you said, not making the acrylic front. Now you're making really cool like galaxy ones and I love it. The butterfly, gorgeous. So, okay, what advice do you have for a brand new seller just starting out? Be kind to yourself. Mm. I think that's probably the hardest thing. And I, even currently as an, ex, like, an experienced seller, I'm going through this. It might take you a week. It might take you a month to get your first sale. But I think the biggest thing is like, don't give up on it. Selling online is a lot harder than what people think it is. Take the time to do your research. Take your time to, you know, know your audience about who you're trying to sell to. I think that's one thing that like I still struggle with, but don't give up. Like if you really like, okay, let's, for example, piggy banks. So when I decided that I was going to start selling the animal looking ones and the ones that are not with a clear front and an initial, I remember thinking I'm crazy. No one's going to want to buy these. Is this really worth the time investment that I'm going to spend building collections of these banks in the long run? And I really kept telling myself, like, I really feel like there's something there and it is still slow going. I don't sell one every day. That's, you know, a different style, but I do see people, people are commenting on them. I get messages that they're so unique because there isn't anything out there. So even if there isn't something out there that you want to sell, just keep pushing for it. Don't give up on it because it's totally worth it once you get there. Yeah, that's a good one. And just because it doesn't sell overnight doesn't mean it's a bad product. Right. You know, it needs to get seen. It needs to get seen a lot, right? And if it's a new product, like what are the people really searching for to be able to come find that product? So Figuring out the words and phrases that will get them there. There's so much behind it. And a lot of people get, you know, frustrated when it doesn't happen overnight. That's not business. No, not at all. I mean, you have to think about it too. Like, what is the, um, it's like, what, seven times that it takes a customer to be exposed to an item to finally decide to make a purchase? Yes. And that alone is difficult as it is because social media pushes your stuff out to so many different people. And I even know that my own followers don't see my stuff very often but I get someone in you know Mexico that sees my stuff all the time (laughs) so you just have to think about that too like it just just keep going yeah yeah okay questions before we close do you have an email list I do it's on my website when you sign up you do get five percent off your order um on my website Mm -hmm. um how barley and oak it's yeah, www.barleyandoakco.com. And you should be able to either there should be a pop-up or if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, subscribe there is at the bottom. Okay, and we will link that in the show notes. How often do you email your list? I should do better at this. Um, I will usually do like once a month. Yeah. Just because usually if I've got new products, I'll include them all in one email just so that way everyone sees what's new on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes if I feel, you know, a lull in my sales, I'll like do, you know, a sales one for 10% off or, you know, some sort of discount code. Yeah. yeah. Awesome for keeping in touch with your customers, letting them know, yes. you know you're still around, like keeping you top of mind. Um, other question is where do you love to show up on social media? Is it just TikTok or do you have like a group or a page? What do you, what Instagram, what yeah, else do you do? I have so much. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a TikTok. I have started posting on YouTube shorts just Ooh. because I've already made the t- content. I might as well just repost it. Yep. Um, Instagram is my biggest. I do very well on Instagram. I do have a Facebook group that's a private group. I use that one mostly to, if I'm looking for like a tester for a product, 
that I don't want to just put, I have a storefront at the painted tree. So if I don't want to put it there, I'll post it in there and say, hey, I'm looking for a tester. I'll, you know, discount it. And that way I'm not having like inventory just sitting in my house either for something yeah. I've made. Yeah, super smart. Okay, you do a lot and it sounds like you do it all. What does your day look like, Lauren, when you wake up? <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> it's like, how do you do it all? So I will usually get up around like seven. I take my son to school. So usually we leave by eight and I come home. Most of the time I immediately get downstairs and start working depending on like what my day looks like. And then I will probably work usually until my husband gets home, which is about 4.30 or 5 o'clock. I'll come up for lunch. And that's usually like pure production time. It's me making things, packaging, painting, whatever. And then the evenings is really when I use that time to like work on my Etsy listings, do my email list, all of that yeah. in my socials. Yeah, that's good. I like that you kind of like batch it. Like I am working all day and then, yeah. okay, I'm going to focus right now and I'm going to do focus on Etsy. Okay, I'm going to focus on let's say TikTok. My eight, if I if I don't have that kind of structure, my ADHD is like all over the place and nothing will get done. Right, so exactly. I have to do it that way. Right. Exactly. Okay. What do you say to someone who's on the fence of joining Etsy Accelerator and working inside of my program with me and the coaches? Like, what do you say to someone on the fence? Like, hey, yeah, I have 50 sales, but I don't know. I've tried a lot of courses and they don't work. Like, what do you say to someone who's like thinking about it? I, I would do it. If you really feel that it's an invest, you have to think about it this way. It's an investment into your business. I can say that since I've started with you, I have a better understanding of SEO and how to make my descriptions look better. I do feel like it's in the long run. I mean, you have to think about it. I was making good money before I met with you. Right. And so for me, I was already well past like your minimum requirement. And all I see is that as an investment into my business and to better my business because I am one person, and so sometimes it does have. It's nice to have a fresh pair of eyes, see your stuff, and give you some critique that you may have not had otherwise. Yeah, just to know that you have that support in the background. You can reach yes. out anytime. Here's a question. Here, hey, check my SEO. Wait, what's wrong with this picture? Just to have that support and just that extra set of eyes, like you said, who's unbiased. And uh, I'm so glad you joined us, Lauren. I am too. Yay! It's definitely okay. been helpful. Yes. Okay. So one last time, where can people find your Etsy shop and where can they find you on social? Okay. So it's Barley and Oak Co. for pretty much everything. So if you just, your Etsy.com sure, shop, slash shop. Yeah. Well branded. Very, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good because sometimes you can get that on, on Etsy, but you can't get it on Instagram and you can't well, get it on was, TikTok. That was the issue is originally, cause I, you know, I'd rebranded last fall mm. and I was trying to like find a URL, an Etsy username, a Instagram username, everything that was cohesive in this exact same. So there was no questions yes. and that was such a struggle. <laughs> yes. It's a big deal because if you're something different on every um, platform, it's hard for people to find you. Okay. Yes. We're going to drop your links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Bye. Are you a handmade seller and creative entrepreneur who's ready to amplify your Etsy shop's visibility and sales? If so, then I invite you to join my community of more than 1,900 Etsy shop owners on Facebook called Etsy Sales and Marketing for Handmade Sellers. 
It's where you will get insider access on the latest strategies for writing SEO and for boosting your sales with simple and strategic social media marketing while surrounding yourself with a community of supportive entrepreneurs who are in your corner every step of the way. Join for free today by visiting www.jenny-hall.com slash Facebook group. Thanks for listening and I can't wait to see you on the inside.